It's just a public service announcement sponsored by Just Blaze and the good folks at Rockefeller Records. Fellow Americans, it is with the utmost pride and sincerity that I present this recording as a living testament and <laughs> recollection of history in the making during our generation. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Ho, Ho, H to the O-V. I used to move snowflakes by the O-Z. I guess even back then you can call Welcome, welcome, welcome. I would like to welcome you to episode 304 of the Unpopular Podcast. This is the man, the myth, the legend, Jalen Hunter. And here at the Unpopular Podcast, I'm not really asking you to agree with me. I'm just asking you to hear me out. There is a uh, narrative going around that I kind of want to discuss before we jump into the NFL wildcard uh, prediction and stuff like that. Nobody is great 100% of the time. No one. I mean, you can look at any industry and think and, and, and look at someone's discography, look at someone's work. There's not always a hit. For instance, let's look at the movies. A lot of people, including, you know, a lot of people's favorite actor is Denzel Washington. Denzel Washington has some great movies. He has, of course, Training Day. He has Man on Fire. We can, uh, we can, we can under. Denzel Washington is a great, and in, in, in my opinion, one of the greatest actors of all time. That doesn't mean that there's no. He has. <laughs> that doesn't mean that he hasn't missed. I mean, a lot of people didn't like Out of Time. A lot of people didn't like Pelham One Two Three. Hell, a lot of people don't like The Equalizer. That doesn't mean he's not a good actor. It just means that he'd missed. Let's go to music. Jay-Z. People, some people regard Jay-Z as the greatest rapper ever. One of the greatest, uh, definitely one of the greatest discographies ever. A lot of people don't like Kingdom Come, that album. Hell, a lot of people don't like the American Gangster album. That doesn't mean Jay-Z is not, does, doesn't have, doesn't still have a lated career, you know? And, and and you can look at it in TV. You can look at it in 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 anything. Derek Carr had a bad season. Derek Carr had a bad season this year. That's that is. Derek Carr had a bad season. Russell Wilson had a bad season this year. But when we talk about when we talk about Derek Carr, I'm hearing a lot of people say, you know, Derek Carr's washed up, Derek Carr's trash, Derek Carr's ter- Derek Carr has always been terrible. Um, let me put into context some things because I think a report came out saying the Colts are not interested in Derek Carr, and there there's going to be a a small number of teams really interested in Derek Carr. Because of his quote unquote lack of success in in Los An- in Las Vegas, let me put some things into context. Derek Carr, in his entire career, has never played on a team where that defense is higher than twenty fifth, all like ranked twenty fifth that season. He's never played with a defense higher or ranked higher than twenty fifth. He's never played with an offensive line that was in the top 10. Never. And 
I mean, do we need to bring up Alex Leatherwood? Do we need to bring up the multiple misses that, especially misses in the first round that the Raiders have experienced with Derek Carr? But with that stat, with those two stats, never having a defense that's above 25th and never having a top 10, actually top 15 offensive line, Derek Carr is still second, no, still leads the league in comeback, well, since he's been in the league, he leads the league in comeback wins. This is without, an, this is without a, a good defense. This is without a good offensive line. Ever. He still, since he's been in the league, he leads the league in fourth quarter comebacks. I think he's number one, I believe Matthew Stafford or something's number two. You see, don't get it twisted, bro. Everyone can have a bad year. Jay-Z made kingdom come. <laughs> Denzel Washington made Pelham 1-2-3. Not saying that those are good. Those aren't bad albums, and that's not a bad movie, but people don't like those. When you look at the, when you put Pelham 123 up against, you know, Training Day, up against uh, out of, A Man on Fire, up against, I don't know, what's what's another good one that, he, that he's in? Some of the, you know, uh, Glory. Though, you know, Pelham 123 doesn't stack up. When you put Kingdom Come up against Blueprint, up against the Black Album, up against, you know, Four, 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 whatever. It doesn't equate. Yes, Derek Carr had a bad season, especially after you get Devontae Adams, especially after you, you know you still have Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, you have Josh, Josh Jacobs. You there? I'm not gonna lie and say that there weren't high expectations for the Raiders going into this year, especially with the with the off season acquisitions. And I'm also not going to lie and say that Derek Carr did not reach the well, did not play to hit to what we've known him to. Yes, Derek Carr has had a bad season, but let's not act like Derek Carr wouldn't make a team better. And then I got I got to thinking, what team would Derek Carr? What team would work for Derek Carr? That's that's probably looking. Now, of course, you can say, oh, Derek Carr can go to the Chiefs and they'll be better. No, we're talking about teams that are looking for a quarterback or need a quarterback. And there's one that keeps that 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 keeps rearing his head, unfortunately. And fortunately, I guess, in a sense. <laughs> and that is the Miami Dolphins. You see, we don't know the history of Tua. Not history. We don't know the future. I'm sorry. We don't know the future of of Tua. We don't know how Tua is going to come back. We don't know this. We also understand that Miami's third string quarterback will be starting in this year's playoffs because Tua's concussions, because Teddy Bridgewater has a broken uh, pinky, I believe. So we do know that while Tua can be good and is good, he's not that available. We also know that Derek Carr is very reliable when we talk about, you know, injuries and being on the field. I could see Derek Carr thriving in Miami. Hotter weather. You have 
Jalen Waddle, you have Tyreek Hill, you have Raheem Morster, you have a good a good defense, a good offensive line, a good coach. It it just fits. Now that would mean that they'd probably have to get off Tua, but maybe not. Maybe you can maybe you can be a quarterback battle, and we'll see. But to think that the Colts wouldn't be better with Derek with Derek Carr, with Quentin Nelson that offensive line. With you know Shaq, uh, Shaq, Shaq uh, Leonard, uh, DeForest Buckner, come, like Jonathan Taylor at the running back. Now, yes, the wide receiver core outside of Michael Pittman, but to think Washington wouldn't be better with Derek Carr. We had Washington had Kyler or Taylor Taylor Heineke, Carson Wentz, and Sam Howell. You put Derek Carr with that offensive line, which isn't the best, but the offensive line, you have Terry McLaurin, you have Curtis Samuel, that defense. What I'm saying is this, man. It would be disingenuous to say that Derek Carr didn't have a bad season because he did. Now, I'm also not putting this entire season on Derek Carr. I do think, and we'll talk about that in a second, about coaching. I do think coaching was a big part. Injuries was a big part. Darren Waller didn't play most of the year. But yes, Derek Carr did have a bad season. And and a lot of Derek Carr's poor play this year was, you know, shine bright because of the situation that was Vegas. I mean, hell, we've seen how many picks he's had. Like, it, you know. But let's not let's let's be honest about Derek Carr. He had a bad season. He has not had a bad career. And he I'm not saying he's a top 10 quarterback. But I'm also not saying that he's a trash quarterback like a lot of people are saying. That's 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 all I'm saying. It cuz again, since he's been in the league, he leads the league in fourth quarter comebacks fourth quarter comeback wins and this is again this is behind he's never had a top 15 offensive line and he's never had a top 20 defense and look at his coaching situations look at the coaching situations that Derek Carr has had to deal with Speaking of coaching, I'm hearing a lot about Sean Payton. Where's Sean Payton gonna go? Who wants to who you know where where's Sean Payton's excellence needed? And I think a report came out the other day saying that the Denver Broncos are is the number one destination right now or pretty much the leader of the pack as far as destinations for Sean Payton. Sean Payton said that he's looking for a, a, a stable front office and he's looking to build with a quarterback. Um, coaching is different for different sports. Coaching is important, but it's important in different senses. Like, I think coaching probably is the most important when we talk about college sports, college football, college basketball. When you look at all the great college teams, whatever sport, they usually have a good coach. 
the and and good coach, especially in college, also usually equates to good recruiting and and and, and having good players and success. I mean, look at Georgia just won back to back champions championships. We understand that Kirby Smart is a really good coach. Of course, we have Alabama. Uh, Lincoln Riley is a good coach. And we see the turnaround, even though USC didn't win, we see the turnaround that USC had, especially with him and Caleb Williams. We talk about college basketball. Gino Oriema is a great coach. Don Staley is a great coach. Uh, go to the men's side. Coach K was a great coach. Roy Williams was a great coach. You know, great coaching shines bright in college in, in, in the college realm. In the NFL, great coaching can be sneaky. Great coaching can be sneaky because the talent level is different, of course, in the NFL. Some some coaches just is glaring that they're a great coach. Like like Kyle Shanahan. He's a great coach. Glaring. Glaring. Who Bill Belichick. Just just look at the success. Great coach. Now he he hasn't had the best last few years, but he's still a great coach. Sean Payton is one of those coaches. And another way that you can tell if a coach is good or not is look at what happened when they left an organization or look at their organization without them. The Saints, while well, yes, there was a lot of factors that contribute to it. The Saints did not make the playoffs this year. The Saints had quarterback turmoil when we talk about Andy Dalton, when we talk about James Winston. You've had multiple injuries, multiple situations. Like the Saints did the Saints look drastically different with Sean Payton and without Sean Payton. And you can also tell how good a coach is by the demand. Of a of a person of the coach, it's kind of like free agency. Think about this, or or I'll say it like this: When Kevin Durant asked for a trade, almost every team, I think every team outside of maybe one or two teams, called the Brooklyn Nets trying to get Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant is that seismic of a shift. Kevin Durant is that good of a player that every single team would want Kevin Durant. Let me ask you this. If Kyle Shanahan said, you know what, I'm done with the 49ers, I want to go coach somewhere else, you think he wouldn't have a laundry list of, of suitors? That's Kyle Shanahan. And we see the impact Kyle Shanahan has had on the San Francisco 49ers. Just as much as good coaching is glaring, bad coaching is even more glaring. And when I say bad coaching, I'm not saying they're bad people, but maybe bad coaches like Nathaniel Hackett didn't even last the entire season. Nathaniel Hackett, again, I've said this multiple times. There are some people that are better coordinators than they are head coaches. And Nathaniel Hackett, in my opinion, falls in that group. Josh McDaniels falls in that group. I think a lot of what, what went wrong for the Raiders this year Falls a lot on Josh McDaniels. I mean, yes, Derek Carr wasn't the best, like I just said, but the Raiders also gave up the most double-digit touchdown leads this year. That's not all Derek Carr. Sean Payton 
can come in and change any organization. And it's it's interesting when he said, I'm looking for a stable front office. Why is that important? Because a stable front office, front office usually means two things, patience and understanding. In fact, let's probably switch it. Understanding and patience. Understanding means you understand that when I come in here, more than likely, we're not going to be great off the jump unless you go to a team I don't know, like a, like a Kansas City, like a Chargers, where they already have the quarterback, they already have pieces in order that can get off to a, to a quick start. And the patience because you don't know what this is going to bring. But the understanding also because you also understand you asked me to be here. I'm, I'm, I'm going through this situation with my intramurals team <laughs> at work. You asked me to be on the team, right? You came to me and said, Jalen, I want you on the team. People are saying, Sean Payton, we want you on the team. Meaning, you understand my value to said team. You understand Sean Payton's value as a head coach. You just see the success or the – do you remember how bad the Saints were before Sean Payton and Drew Brees got there? So if you're going to bring bring Sean Payton, if you're going to bring me on, on, on to, to, to coach a team, let me do it my way because you understand that my way leads to success. A lot of front offices don't understand that. And a lot of front offices don't do that, don't like that. Don't they, A lot of front offices want their hands in everything, i.e. the Dallas Cowboys. It's hard trying to coach for the Dallas Cowboys, not because of the fan scrutiny or not because they're quote-unquote America's team. It's hard because you have Jerry Jones just always there, always making comments, always looking over your shoulder. That's tough. You don't really have that with good front offices. And I'm not saying Jerry doesn't have a track record of of making, I mean, we know the Super Bowls, we know what he's done, but yeah. I'll say this. I think Sean Payton will succeed anywhere. But the one place that I can I can outside of I guess let's say, let's say the Broncos let's let's take the Broncos out because as we see the Broncos are I guess leaders of the pact. I think Sean Payton would be great for any team. Any team. But look at that Cardinal situation. You see, I think where you need someone that is able to, one, garner the respect of Kyler Murray, and two, be able to challenge Kyler Murray. I think that if you don't have respect for somebody, you can't challenge somebody because nobody, you know, what are you talking about, bro? I think that's where the Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray relationship kind of broke because... Why am I going to respect you? Look at your record, bro. Now, I'm not saying that Kyler Murray doesn't have a point to play in this because Kyler Murray has a lot to play in that. But 
There's no way that you can Kyler Murray can look at Sean Payton and think, oh, I'm better. You know, no. Sean Payton has a Super Bowl. Sean Payton has had his Saints teams multiple times in contention for a Super Bowl. You see, you see how you see what Drew Brees looked like before Sean Payton and after well not after, but before Sean Payton and then when he went with Sean Payton. So I think that now, yes, the front office situation might be a little sketchy as far as the Arizona Cardinals, but I think Sean Payton and the Cardinals would be a slam dunk if he does not go to the Broncos. Because, again, kind of like Derek Carr as well, I don't think that – I think this is a bad year for Russell Wilson. I think next year is probably the most important year for Russell Wilson because if he has another bad year, it's over with. It is over with. The Broncos are going to find a way to get off of him. It's it's over with. I'm not saying over as far as his career, but that that elite status that he has had is over with. So – I think I'm very interested to see where Sean Payton goes because Sean Payton is one of those is one of those people when we talk about Kyle Shanahan, when we talk about Sean McVay. The, the Rams are another team to look at when we talk about Sean Payton because we don't know if, if Sean McVay is going to come back. But when we talk about great coaching, Sean Payton is one of them. And I'm interested to see where he goes. So, we'll see. As I told you guys, um... I'm going to break down the or I'm going to give my predictions for the wild card. There's a multiple teams that are in, of course, and the wild card starts tonight. But I didn't want to do it alone. Uh, I wanted to bring my man's uh, Parnell. He is the face of sports PSP. And you can go I'll, I'll link his description. I'll link all his links in the description below. I wanted to bring him on and get his take because he is very opinionated. He's very <laughs> – he has some interesting takes about anything. So I wanted to bring him on and, and kind of pick his brain and kind of see where he was when we talk about this wild card weekend. And and he also gave me predictions about – we talked about Derek Carr. We talked about – probably the most surprising team in the West or in the in the wild card. So again, I wanted to give you guys my conversation with uh Parnell, who again is the face of Sports PSP. And I wanted me and him are going to give our predictions of each wild card game. So without further ado, here's my conversation with uh Sports PSP. So we're here. We are here in the this has been a very interesting season. From injuries to surprise teams, i.e. the Jaguars, we finally have gotten to or arrived at the wild in the wild card round. And I want to get your I want to get your take on something before we give our predictions of all with all these games that's happening in the wild card. Outside, I don't <sighs> Looking at what we've seen this year, maybe how some teams ended the season, I don't think there's a dominant team. I think every team has a, for lack of a better term, reason they could lose or or Mm -hmm. weakness, let's say that. And this is the first time in a while that I feel on both sides, maybe the NFC more than the AFC, but I feel on both sides, it's a wide open race. Do Do you agree with or do you feel the same way? I actually agree. I mean, people think that Philly may come out the NFC. I actually think San Francisco 
believe it or not, actually has a chance. And the reason why I say that, even though Brock Purdy is their third string at quarterback, I just think he's a competent quarterback. They have good enough pieces. I mean, Kyle Shanahan is their head coach. My only problem with him is clock management situations. That's been his Achilles heel. But they have enough pieces. And then Tampa is still there. So you can't disregard Tampa all because of Tom Brady. But Dallas, that's the less superior team. Let's just throw that out the way. And then, of course, Minnesota. I actually think the Giants could actually pull off the upset and beat Minnesota. Mm. Because we've seen Minnesota a couple of times. We saw them in Week 17 against Green Bay. And what kind of Minnesota are we going to see? So that's, you know. Yeah, I... I agree with you in the sense of every team has a flaw, but every team also has something that you can look to to say, well, they won because of X. Right. Um, even in the AFC, man, like I like the Chiefs clearly, but they're, you have them they're coming out the AFC. Uh, I don't know. I'm not 100% sure because I don't like their pass defense. I like, I don't you know, either. I, their pass defense can get them you they can get them in shootouts kind of like what happened with right. you know last year against the Cincinnati Bengals Cincinnati I don't like the fact that their big their big uh o-line acquisitions are both hurt now right um, the Chiefs I mean not the Chiefs the Bills they Josh Allen continues to throw red red zone interceptions it's just it's just <laughs> I'm not 100% sure. I think this is the first year where you really have to take it round by round. Like, you can say I have X winning it, but I don't know if anybody has any faith in that. Uh, I'm still going to go with Buffalo coming out the AFC. Um, Kansas City, look, I like Kansas City. I think Patrick Mahomes has made the case for the MVP. But um, my problem with Andy Reid, clock management issues, and they had a big lead last year in the AFC Championship game, and then suddenly in the second half, they choked. The Bengals, to your point about the offensive line, yeah, it's starting to creep up a little bit. And then um, when I look at the Bills, I don't understand with Allen with the red zone interceptions. Like, yeah. I, I just don't get it. Miami's in the playoff picture, but unfortunately for them, they have no Tua. So it's going to be interesting to see how they're going to pull that off. And then Baltimore... It seems like Lamar's probably not going to play. Yeah. So it, it, it's, it's kind of tricky. You're just unsure. But if I had to say coming out the AFC, I got Buffalo. And then the NFC, I'm going to go with um, San Francisco. Yeah. I, I really do think San Francisco has a legitimate case. Even though Philly, they have the number one seed. But Jalen Hurts, you yeah. know, that shoulder injury. And plus, we got to wait and see how he performs come playoff time. Okay. Yeah, that, that, I I agree completely. So let's 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 jump in and and start these. I guess predict you you predicted some of it, but give your <laughs> takes on some of these wild cards. So the first game that we have on Saturday or today is the 49ers at Seahawks. Now here's the thing. Right. I I've been on the podcast saying very very open that I was wrong about this the four, uh Seattle Seahawks I was I thought that they would plummet after they traded Russell Wilson likewise likewise I, you're not the only one <laughs> I mean you looked in the beginning of the season their defense was terrible now of course it picked up over the over the season but 
I the I don't know why I still have a I want to see what Purdy what what Brock Purdy looks like in the playoffs. And I feel kind of like you that the 49ers in my opinion is the best overall team in the NFC. When we talk about top to bottom of the roster, it's just with the quarterback, I felt that way when they had Trey Lance. I felt that way when they had Jimmy G and now with Brock Purdy. I think they have a good shot. I'm not 100% sure, but I think they have a good shot of making it out the NFC. However, for some reason, I have – I'm going to pick – the. I'm picking the 49ers to win this game. But I don't okay. think this game is going to be as, as, uh, as much of a beatdown as a lot of people think because of – how good either. Pete Carroll is because of how good Geno Smith is. I mean, statistically, Geno Smith has been one of the best quarterbacks this year. Oh, so, clearly, comeback player of the year. Exactly. So I I clearly see that you understand that you have the 49ers winning this game. But how do you see this game going? Do you see it to be a blowout or do you think? It's I think it's going to be close. Okay. I really do think it's going to be close. Um, Look, Seattle they need to get the monkey off their back because they've lost to San Francisco twice this season. To your point about with Geno Smith, this is the best football that he's been playing. And clearly Seattle won this one because they traded Russell Wilson. They get a top five pick in the 2023 NFL draft. Geno made the Pro Bowl. And then on top of that, Seattle made the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, what more could you possibly ask if you're Seattle? And Pete Carroll probably saw something in Russ that we didn't see. We just thought that, you know what, Pete, you're making a mistake by letting this guy go. He's still at least four or five more years left in the tank. Yeah. And then Denver was just a disaster, but that's a story for another day. But back to Seattle, I think Geno Smith will play relatively well. I don't think he'll be spectacular, but I think he'll play well enough. First time he's been in the playoffs. He's mm -hmm. never been in a stage of this magnitude before. Same thing with Brock Purdy. All you're just asking for Brock Purdy is just take what the defense gives you. Yes. Just take what the defense gives you. Kyle Shanahan is going to put him in a position to succeed because of his play calling. Just run the football, establish the football. Um, Gino's still got to deal with San Francisco's defense, though. Because you got Bosa, in my opinion, defensive player of the year. You got Fred Warner, one of the best middle linebackers in the NFL. And you got a guy as a defensive coordinator who should be in the conversation for a head coach, D'Amico Ryans, yeah. by the way. So I got San Francisco 27-20. Gotcha. I think I kind of feel the same way as you. Uh, Brock Purdy doesn't have to do a lot. I think he's, one, he's the one quarterback pretty much in the playoffs that if you just do the bare minimum, they have a good shot of winning because of everything around them. You have uh, Christian McCaffrey. You have Debo Samuels. Of course, that defense, like you said, Fred Warner. George Kittle. George Kittle. I'm also probably on the side of you saying that Nick Bosa, in my opinion, is the defensive player of the year. Maybe I, I actually wouldn't be surprised Fred Warner won either because of he's the anchor of that defense. But I just it's hard feel to ignore 18 and a half sacks though. True. Very true. I, I, I feel, I don't think it's going to be to me, this, this game, I think that the 49ers are going to win, but the determining factors, how the 49ers, Oh no, this, the Seahawks defense is going to play. If they right. play like they played in the beginning of the season and no, they got no chance. They have absolutely no chance. 
And when I mean no chance, they might get destroyed because the the 49ers are just humming right now. I mean, they just I don't remember. Oh, they just beat uh the Cardinals what 38 to 13. Right. Um, but I just I, I think I'll I'll probably say I don't think it's gonna be us, but I'm gonna say probably 21. Well, I'm gonna say 30 to 30 to 21. I just That's I fair. just I just That's feel fair. I don't think it's going to be a blowout, but I just feel the 49ers are like, all right, this is what we're here to do. Let's let's get it done. Get get I mean, Geno Smith and and the Seahawks was a good run. Runs over. Kind of like what happened to TC or TCU just not not as bad. <laughs> not as bad. <laughs> I mean, if you saw the video that I did on my Instagram, Stetson Bennett does kind of remind me in ways like Brock Purdy or Jimmy Garoppolo. They're not the most spectacular quarterbacks, but as long as you don't ask them to do too much, yeah, I think you they'll be fine. And I think Stetson Bennett, on the flip side, he can actually succeed on the NFL level. It all depends on how you build around him and you put him in the right system. The thing is with San Francisco, I'm interested to see if Brock Purdy can get, hypothetically though, mm-hmm. if he can get them to the Super Bowl and win, the San the San Francisco made a mistake by trading up by getting Trey Lance, and with Seattle, I mean, yeah, Geno's been playing well, but you got that top five pick. Either you go with defense, which you definitely need, or you either go with Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. So, yeah, it's definitely that's definitely something that you would that you would think about, and in if in in that case, if you do win a Super Bowl do you really prioritize quarterback? I know because it's just like we just won one. Like, why would we change that formula? Of course, I and probably you think you would, but right. it makes, makes a lot of sense. Um, The next I game... Think it'll be, I think it'll be close, though. The game will I, be close. I do, too. The next game... I have... To me, this game is a lot closer than people are thinking and a lot more closer than the, than the Seahawks and the 49ers and that is Jackson or the Chargers at Jacksonville and while I the 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 toss-up that I have is is solely on Brandon Staley yeah and and because we've seen Brandon Staley Brandon Staley was the biggest reason in my opinion that they didn't even make the playoffs last year with some of his his clock management some of his play calls and in the position that they were in and now when you look the end of the season, you're playing for nothing. You're not even playing for positioning. And you have Keenan Allen out there. You have Mike Williams out there. Out you have there. all your starters. And then, of course, both your wide receivers get hurt. Now, yes, we heard that Mike Williams should be okay, or he may be okay. We don't know. But it's just the 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 Jaguars, especially defensively, they, they have a defense full of first-rounders. And I'm, I'm, yeah, it's an upset, but I have the four, I have the Jaguars winning this game. I, I, I don't think it's much of an upset at all. I actually have Jaguars beating the Chargers too. I just think Jacksonville's defense has been playing better. And I think Doug Peterson coaching compared to what the Jaguars had last year with Urban Buyer, it does make a substantial difference. And even though I was hard on Trevor Lawrence, I, I just I just got tired of people anointing him as like the second coming of like Andrew Luck. But clearly with Doug Peterson, he's definitely elevated his game. 
thrown for over 4,000 yards, 25 touchdowns, less than 10 interceptions. You're seeing much more improvement as far as this game. They have more of a complete team than I think with the Chargers. I just think with the Chargers, Brandon Staley, to your point, the clock management issues, he was here because if I'm not mistaken, wasn't he the defensive coordinator for the Rams before he took the head coaching job with the yes. Chargers? Yes, and the Rams had like the number one defense in the NFL mm. in 2020. Defense is supposed to be your expert expertise. Yeah. And they've been times the defense have been iffy to say the least. But I, I got Jacksonville, though. I think at home, that atmosphere there, I think they're going to show up. I got this one 22-19. I feel right and due to injuries and everything, I kind of feel that these teams are equal. Yeah, I'll probably pick I'll pick Justin Herbert over Trevor Lawrence and I'll pick the run game, uh Austin Eckler over, of course, Travis Etienne. But I think it's gonna come down to coaching. Is and and in this situation, I trust a Super Bowl winning coach in Doug Peterson than I do over Brandon, Brandon Staley. Brandon Staley. And I just, I, while yes, you still have some big names. You still have Joey Bosa, but we don't know if Joey Bosa is going to play. It, it's just, it's just, I if don't, they, yeah, I don't like the recipe. And I don't like the Chargers away. Like the Chargers haven't been world beaters outside of LA this year. So yeah, I, I'm probably, I probably agree with you. I'll probably say 27, 21. Um, I don't, I don't know how the hell they're going to get to 27, but you know, I, I got all to your point. It all comes down to coaching. Doug Peterson, we've seen him before in the Super Bowl and we've seen him in the playoffs. I mean, his results cannot be questioned. So Brandon Staley has a lot to prove. So yeah. based on safeness, I'm going to go with Doug Peterson. So before the news came out about Tua not playing. I was going to ask you, do you think Tua should play? But now that we know that Tua will not play, we also know that Teddy Bridgewater more than likely is not going to play. Uh, it's over with for the Dolphins. I don't they they barely beat the Jets uh with with thanks in large part to their defense. Thanks in large part to their defense, and the Jets most certainly is not the Bills. So yeah. I ain't you're playing in Buffalo. Ugh, I just it sounds to me a blowout. And it's yeah, it's not even close. I don't think and it's close. Forget Tua playing this game. I'm afraid with Tua, is he gonna retire? Mm. I mean, given his I mean the the knock on Tua I've had was durability. Never his game, never his ability, even though people don't think he has the strongest arm in the world. I think he has a better arm than people give him credit for. It's just that he can't stay healthy. The amount of punishment he's been taking throughout his career. Yeah. And then um, I, I just don't know if he's going to continue playing. I mean, I, I don't think he will retire because part of him feels like I want to play. I want to compete. But he, he, two is going to have to make a long decision. And then with Teddy Bridgewater, who I like, is a very good backup, smart quarterback. I, I It's going to be a blowout. It's probably Buffalo 37, Dolphins 10. Yeah, I, I think I was questioning that, like, maybe he should retire. Um, I don't think he will. I, I agree with you because, I mean, it seems like he was fighting the play. It's just he didn't pass 
concussion protocols. And the fact that you had three concussions in a span of five weeks, it's right. like, or five, six weeks, it's like, that's, I, I think there, as, as, at a certain point, you have to save a player from themselves. Absolutely. And I feel that if there wasn't a, a concussion protocol, we probably would see two out there. And I also think if we didn't see what we saw as far as if it was just a regular concussion, like he's not going to come back due to a concussion. I think that we probably he probably would be playing. But the right. fact that we saw him stumble and, and with the whole hands and, you know, how his hands were clamped up and that visual. Right. You don't want to you don't want to have that again. And given his durability history. Exactly. I do this to this young man. I mean, he's only 24 years old. Not to mention, given the history of this, the the Miami Dolphins medical staff, because remember, this is the same medical staff that punctured Tyrod Taylor's lung to right. the, where he couldn't play anymore. Well, he couldn't play and had to, you know. So there's just a lot of factors that I'm actually happy for that Tua is not out there. Now, now he's going to have to think long and hard about, okay, what do we do in the future with, with, with the durability? And game-wise, I agree with you. I think it's going to be quick. The Dolphins, the last thing the Dolphins, no, the last thing the Bills want to do is be in a dogfight. I don't think they will be, but the Dolphins' defense is still good. Right. I just, I and I think that they're going to get a couple takeaways and probably be in field goal range a couple times. So I have, kind of like you, 30 set, 38 to I'll be generous and say 12 because I don't I don't know. Josh Allen's going to throw some picks, particularly in the red zone. And that's been his problem so far. But Dolphins, after this season, you're going to have to figure about getting a quarterback. Mm. You're going to have to because, again, you have to think about your future and you're going to have to think about Tua's future as well. Yeah. And um, the Bills, I still have them coming out the AFC Josh Allen, his problem has just been turnovers. I mean, he's thrown 14 interceptions this season, which is like almost the most interceptions this year. Dak, if I'm not mistaken, he leads the league in interceptions. I just think Josh Allen just has to take better care of the football, try not to do so much. That's been his problem. Yeah, and I, and I also want to see, I think this is, of course, against the Dolphins is not going to matter, but I think that deeper in the playoffs, you're really going to start to see the absence of Von Miller really rare right. especially when you're going against a team that has a good offensive line or a team that that's good with rushing or scheming so i don't think they're gonna have to worry about that against the dolphins so the next game that i think is a, I, i'm gonna say this a lot but i think it's a lot closer than people think and a very big game for the minnesota vikings and that is the the giants at vikings yeah, I think that this is a big game for Kirk Cousins. And what I mean by that is I think if Kirk Cousins doesn't win this game, he is he is not a Viking anymore. After, you think he's done? I think not done in the league, but done for the Vikings. Cause I no, mean, I'm done with the Vikings. Because, yeah. yeah, think about it. You, you pick him over the coach, which, of course, that usually happens with the quarterback. You have uh, Justin Jefferson, who damn near broke the record this year. You have Adam Thielen, who still has – you have Delvin Cook. Like, there's – everything is working. I mean, you're 12-4 and four right now, I think. Everything is work or 13-4. and four, Everything is working in your favor. And then to lose to a Giants team, while, yes, 
I think Brian Dayball has a very good shot of winning coach of the year. Uh, Daniel Jones has been a lot better than when we thought. Saquon Barkley looks like the Saquon Barkley of old when healthy. But Their of course, he's, he's, he's coming into Saquon Barkley is coming into the playoffs without, you know, not healthy. Like you said, the defense has been good with Kayvon Thibodeau. It's like if you lose to this team, the team, by the way, that was projected to be the worst team in the NFC East coming into the season. And you have all that you have, Zendarius Smith. Like, I think that it's going to be over for. I think that the Vikings at this point are saying, you know what? The there's nothing else we can give you. There's nothing else we can hell. TJ Hookinson, like, there's nothing else we can give you. And you still you can't get over the hump. Like you can't get through past the wild card. And because of that, I think the Vikings are going to win the game. I think it's going to be close, but I think the Vikings are going to win. What do you? What say you? I think I have the Giants, believe it or not, winning this one. As long as Daniel Jones just takes care of the football. Um, I have this one low-scoring game, 19-14 Giants. I just think with Daniel Jones, to help him out, you got to allow him to run some with the football. That's his specialty. That's what he does best, though. With Kirk Cousins, on the other hand, this is probably it. I mean, in Minnesota. Now, I still believe he can go somewhere else and be a starter somewhere else. He's proven yeah. that. But the problem with Kirk Cousins is they've done everything as far as giving him weapons. To your point, they got him Justin Jefferson, Thielen, Dalvin Cook. They acquired TJ Hutchinson in the trade. Kirk Cousins has only won one playoff game in his career. Yeah. So the clock is ticking. And plus, you know, with Kirk Cousins, all that Kirk Cousins just needs to do is just take care of the football. Don't commit mistakes. Don't get into your head. So what type of Kirk Cousins are we going to see? Because there are games he's given us some 300, some 400 yards and three touchdowns. And there are other times he's given us some lackluster performances like we saw the Monday night game against the Eagles, the Cowboys game, of course, the and then the Vikings. Packers, the oh, Packers. Yeah, Packers. I forgot the Packers. Yeah. So it all depends on Kirk Cousins play. Minnesota's defense. Like, I don't know. Like, how would you characterize their defense? Terrible. That's all right. You can right. Say it's terrible. It's terrible. <laughs> so um, I got the Giants winning 19 to 14. I, I, I got the Giants in the upset. Yeah, I, 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 I'm not mad at that at all. I think the defense is a big question mark. Even though you have the Sundarius Smith and you have the people that you have, it is a big question. Actually, is more of an answer. It's not good. It hasn't been good since probably the second half or the the halfway point of the season. And the 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 real question is: Can can the offense? Can Kirk Cousins? Can he? carry the defense and i'm not saying carry as far as just him but can that offense as a whole carry it and i i think he's going to be able to this game because as we've seen while yes the giants defense is good there are holes in that defense and that it is it is at times an immature defense and they they get bad penalties a lot uh, or or sometimes they, they have a they're one of the highest penalized defensive teams in the league. They're very undisciplined. So 
It's it's just is that going to rear his head in the playoffs? Uh, I mean, if you're Minnesota and if they're doing dumb penalties, it's your obligation to capitalize. Yeah. And if you're Kirk Cousins, I don't know, man. I mean, you, 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 you're in your mid thirties. This is a wonderful. Now, if he loses in the divisional round or in the conference championship game, no shame because yeah. I don't really expect much from the Minnesota Vikings to begin with. I expected them to win the division because I thought Green Bay was falling apart ever since Devontae Adams being traded and everything else. But you got to get to at least a divisional round or a conference championship game. Kirk mm. Cousins is good enough to at least do that. Is he the most consistent quarterback in the world? No, but I think he's a good enough quarterback. He's a quarterback of a franchise, not a franchise quarterback. Franchise quarterback is someone who can get you there. He's a quarterback of a franchise. As long as he plays well and doesn't do too much, you'll be just fine. So I think, but I still have the Giants in this one. I don't know why. I just think they're the underdogs. They're on the road. I think there's not really that much expectations for them compared to Minnesota. I think Daniel Jones will play more than solid. I really do think that he has a big game. Do I think Daniel Jones is the long-term future for the Giants? No, I don't believe so. But I think Brian Dabble has done an excellent job so far utilizing him compared to what he had with Pat Shermer and Jason Garrett. So mm. to me, it's about coaching. To me, it's how, how you execute and utilize your strategy. So I got the Giants. So we don't we don't really have to talk much about this next game, which is the Ravens at Bengals. Lamar Jackson looks like he's not going to play. Tyler Huntley will probably play. Tyler Huntley will probably play, meaning the Bengals will win. So my, I want your assessment on what do you think is next for Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens in their relationship? I think Lamar is going to have to get traded because mm -hmm. I just don't see a situation where you're going to give him the money. He's proven. I don't know what else you want Lamar Jackson to do. He's been to multiple Pro Bowls. He's been a first-team All-Pro. He's won a league MVP unanimously, mind you. You know, he has been the face of that franchise. He's gotten you to the playoffs. He won you a playoff game. Um, I understand, but and Lamar, to his credit, has gotten better and better as a passer. Um, the problem with him, though, is durability because for a quarterback of his caliber and his style, he does run into a lot of hits. And um, I, I just think with Baltimore, where else are you going to find a quarterback that's comparable to him? Exactly. You know, so so what are you going to do? I, I, I think they've tried. I think it's best for Lamar to move on somewhere else. I mean, does it hurt that the fact that if I'm not mistaken, isn't his mom his like his agent or yes, something? His mom's his agent, yeah. Right. I mean, if he had like a big time agent like a Tom Condon or somebody like that, I see his chances of getting the type of contract would be there. So it, to me, it's uncertain with him in Baltimore. Let me say this uh, before I give my answer. I understand both sides. I understand Lamar Jackson wanting the money and feeling like he deserves the money. I mean, he's the youngest, one of the youngest unanimous MVPs. Uh, he led this franchise to multiple playoff berths, won a playoff game. 
And when you look at who set the market or who they thought set the market, which was Deshaun Watson, you don't have Lamar Jackson has been more successful than Deshaun Watson. So I understand. And not to mention the fact of you see what the Ravens have been outside, of course, that one Joe Flacco year. You see what the Ravens, you know, before Lamar Jackson's got there. And I also understand the Ravens side as far as why would we pay a, a 200, 250, whatever guaranteed contract to a player that the last two seasons has missed the last five games of the season. Um, it's it's like, the, especially the way Lamar Jackson plays. And we saw, of course, I'm glad he's good now, but DeMar Hamlin, one, one play is over. With. And, right. and I don't, you don't want to give that much guaranteed money to a player that I guess in their eyes, you can say plays reckless at times right here's the thing i of course i'm always going to be pro player um i understand and 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 i think this is going to be the biggest off season of the ravens history history immediate future and 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 down the road because it's like this i feel if you come to lamar jackson and talk about we're going to franchise tag you. I don't think he's going to sign the franchise tag, and I don't yep. think he's going to show up. At that point, that that is it's over with. The relationship is over. And what you're starting to see now, or not starting to see, what you've seen this year is that we we know that this team is, is built around Lamar Jackson. This team, unlike any, there's no other team in the league that's built around their quarterback like the Ravens are built around their around Lamar Jackson. But what we're starting to find out is it is a very inadequate team that is built around Lamar Jackson. I mean, when when you, the season is pretty much over in a lot of people's eyes, when Rashad Bateman goes out, that right. tells you everything that you then you have to bring in. You know, Deshaun Jackson. You have to bring in Sammy Watkins. Right. So I understand it's like, yo, you see what you're putting on and you see what you're putting on paper. Yo, this is not going to work and it's not going to work without me. Right. Now, one thing that I haven't understand as a fan is the Ravens know that they built this team around Lamar Jackson. So if you know you've built it around Lamar Jackson, why not pay the person that you built the team around? So I, un- I get it. I get it. I think, like you said, this is... I. This is going to be one of the most important. You think he has to pull off a Kyler? I don't think he has to pull off. I think he's silently pulling off a Kyler right now, not playing. I think he's good enough to play, but it's just like, what? Why play? Why risk injury? Why risk further injury? Right. If if there's if you guys of our if when I'm completely healthy and I'm MVP and I am. Le- I'm, when he was playing, the the Ravens were the number one seed in the NFC. I mean, I'm sorry, AFC. AFC. So it's like, you see all this, and then I get hurt. Now you're going to bring it. To, no, no. I think he's p- quietly pulling off a of Kyler now. And I think that the Ravens are going to get their heads blown in by the the, the Bengals in, in, with, with Tyler Huntley. Uh, I'm not going to say heads blown. I think they're going to win. They're going to lose. And it's just... If you come to me after what you saw this season, after the fact of this team cannot score without me, and you talk about franchise tag, yeah, no, nah, it's over with B. You know, just, just, right. just, just sound. It's, it's over. You can. I think. 
I think it all depends on Tyler Huntley's play. If he plays well enough oh, for no. the Ravens. Oh, no. Okay. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but if mm-hmm. it does, though, Raven, I, I, I don't know. I mean, Lamar, got to get your money because Deshaun Watson, given all the off-the-field issues, got his money, $230 million. Kyler got his money, even though Kyler is not as accomplished than Lamar Jackson, and he has more of a chance to be severely injured than Lamar because Kyler's not the biggest quarterback in the world, and I love Kyler. Mm-hmm. But I think with Lamar, at some point, this is your guy. This is the face of the franchise. You got to build around him. If Dak can get his money, if Kyler can get his money, Deshaun can get their money, and they haven't gotten that far in the playoffs, why not Lamar? Not only that, they're not as important to their teams as Lamar Jackson is to the Baltimore Ravens. He's very pivotal to that organization. Pivotal. He is. the. They need to build a statue now in Baltimore. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. So... I don't know how or where I'm going with this last game. And that is, of course, Dallas. Or no, is Dallas at? Tampa Bay. Dallas, Dallas at, Tampa at Tampa Bay. Bay. I know everyone keeps saying Tampa Bay has a shot because of Tom Brady. Right. Um, But Tom Brady's been there all year, and they're below 500. Tom Brady isn't at the point of his career where he can overcome a poor offensive line or a non-existent run, run rushing attack or the fact that you don't, for some reason, don't have any type of chemistry with Mike Evans or Chris Godwin outside of one game where Mike Evans went crazy. Or yep. the fact that the defense still has big names, uh, however, hasn't really been big this entire year. I feel that and then Dallas, Dallas comes in, Dak Prescott, like you said, leading the league in interceptions. Um, the run the run game, you know, how is Tony Pollard going to be? How is Zeke going to be? The offensive line's kind of been bad this last few weeks. Uh, the defense, Michael Parsons, who was my defensive player of the year until about halfway point. Regressed. Yeah, regressed mightily. The whole defense regressed mightily. So the coaching, I, I like Todd Bowles, uh, but – is Todd Bowles, is he able to coach his way to a win? And I don't know if, I don't think I've seen that this year. I know they've won, but I feels like their wins have been because Tom Brady does some miraculous or they're playing a trash team. I mean, they were down 16 points to the, to the Panthers. Um, so I don't, I, I, I think I'm gonna let this conversation between me and you decide who I pick. Cause I do not have a pick right now, but I, I, I Tampa. Can, I can see it going both both. Ooh, I can see it going both ways. But why do you have Tampa? I have Tampa because Dallas yet again is prone to making mistakes. Mm-hmm. And I was listening to Jerry on his show, one hundred five point three, the fan. He's saying that Mike McCarthy's job is not at stake. And Stephen A. Smith, I was listening to him on first take. He said that Jerry's lying. Mike McCarthy ain't going nowhere. As long as Mike McCarthy does exactly what Jerry Jones tells him what to do, nothing else matters, which is why I don't see him getting a Sean Payton or whoever at head coach because Jerry wants credit. Jerry wants to have final say. To get a guy like Sean Payton, you got to allow him to do his job. Dak, on the other hand, we saw the game against Washington last week. Yeah. And Washington was out of the playoff contention, and Dak looked horrible. Like, 
the the pick six that he threw, and then before that, the other what should have been an interception. Dak overall has been playing sloppy football. Mm-hmm. Some of those interceptions that's on him. Some of that that's also on the wide receivers. When you look at this defense, I mean, this is a big statement game for Dan Quinn. Mm-hmm. I mean, because you 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 got to get you got to perform and do well for this defense because you're in pursuit of getting a head coaching job. And if you screw up, then this is going to hurt your chances. So with me, I I got Tampa win this one 27 to 17 because I think Brady will get the job done. If you make mistakes and if you give Brady an opportunity, he will capitalize off of it. And then with Dallas, all we're going to hear is, what are they going to do? What are they going to do? They're not going to do anything. They're not going to fire Mike McCarthy. They're going to keep the roster where it is. The question is, how are they going to keep Dan Quinn and Kellen Moore? That's yeah. the bigger question. I, I'm i not as high on Kellen Moore as a lot of people, seeing as though I've seen this offense this year and it's been this last few years and it's regressed. Um. I don't know, man. I, just, I, I, just, I trust know. him more than Mike McCarthy. That's, that's... I, I, I mean, Mike McCarthy has proven he's nothing more than Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, a product of those two quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Jerry will hire. Jerry will still keep him because he's like Jason Garrett. He's a guy that Jerry Jones likes. Jerry Jones can tell him what to do. They can have their beer and nachos or whatever it is that they do. Yeah. And Mike McCarthy, his problem, we talk about clock management issues with Brandon Staley. Mike McCarthy's up there as oh, well. He might be the poster boy of clock or poor clock management. Yeah. And penalties. And penalties. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm I'm going to go with the Cowboys. Wow. I'm going to go with the Cowboys because the thing that have that's beaten the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, most of this year is running the ball. The the if you run, you can run. You can get yards off running. You can get yard running the running rushing yards off Tampa Bay, and that has been Dallas's strongest point. Uh, and I have seen. Most of the games, most of these last few games, Tampa Bay has had to come back. Um, and I, I have absolutely no conviction in my pick. I'm not gonna lie to you, but I'm going. I'm gonna do Dallas just because I feel. Damn. It seems like to me you're saying that because I, I hope I'm not taking the wrong way. It seems like you're starting to lose a little faith in Brady. I'm losing faith. It's not. Yeah, I am. And I'm not, it's not as much as faith because I've seen what he does. It's I saw this year, and everyone on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers has been bad this year. Right. Brady Brady has been equally as bad. Now you can say it's because of the offensive line. You can say it's because of the run game. You can say whatever you want. Brady has not been good. Brady has not been sharp. Brady, if there's a reason why Brock Purdy looks superior to Brady when they played the 49ers. Now, yes, I understand that the 49ers defense is, is legit, but I have seen Brady this year, and Brady has not had one game where I was just like, oh, wow, that's that looks – Yeah, he's Except had the game, Carolina game. 
Yeah, he had game-winning drive. But outside of that, they were down 16 to right. Carolina. So, and they lost. Uh, now, yes, I understand a whole bunch of people didn't play. But they lost to the, the Falcons, like, this week or last week. Badly. So, it's just, oh, man. I, I'm going to do the – I just don't like – I mean, first of all, this team is under 500. I don't – I think I don't think Dallas with all their mistakes. I just don't think this is the game that is going to it's going to come back and bite them. Yes, I understand that Brady could do something, but I just don't think that this is going to be the game that Brady but Do you trust? I'm sorry, do you trust Dak though? Because I don't, but I trust that running game more than I trust anything anything from from what I've seen from the Bucks this year. Yes, I tr- I trust Brady, but not not a sense of he is a big reason why they're eight and nine. Yes, stats don't. I always say this, and I don't remember who said it, so I'm not the originator. Stats don't lie, but stats don't tell the whole story. Exactly. Yes, you can look, and Brady is what top five in passing yards this year, but they're eight. They're eight and nine. Yeah, and if you look at some of their games, a lot of those times come from garbage time. Exactly. That, and we talk about that with Dak a lot. Like, Dak, Dak was the king at garbage time. Garbage time. Dak was like, yo, Dak had 400 yards. Yeah, they lost by 15 points. Like, of course, he's, well, like he was well, just throwing. I think Dak Prescott is under the most pressure because he's got this contract. He's got his money. He's got, like, what, two years left. Mm. And the clock's ticking, man. If you don't deliver this one, I don't see how Jerry Jones is going to give you another contract in Dallas. So you 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 brought up a good point, and maybe it is still Dak, but I want to ask you, I guess, a curveball question. Out of all the games, out of all the games, all the players, who do you think is under the most pressure to win immediate, like win this this wild card game? And while you because I threw it to you, I'll I'll probably give mine. Okay. Yo, <laughs> we kind of talked about this, but if if Kirk Cousins does not win this game, man, I think that there it's it's everything is falling upon Kirk Cousins to win this game. The the stars are aligning. Saquon Barkley is not healthy. Uh we know Daniel Jones. Everything is falling the stars is falling is aligning for Kirk cousins to win this game. And if he does not win, it's like, we have done, we, we even get the coach. We, we don't have any questions about the coach outside of maybe clock management in Minnesota. The biggest question that we have outside of the defense being bad is can Kirk cousins getting over the hump. And if you can't get them over the hump against a team where their best player is hobbled and they're not good when their best player is hobbled, that is the giants. Then I, I think that it's over with. I think that it's over with for. I don't think. Let me say this: If Dak Prescott, which I think is a, is a good second, if Dak Prescott does not win this game, I don't think that it's over with for Dak Prescott. I don't think that. I think right. that it, I think they're going to say, "Well, you know, you you gave up Omari Cooper. Uh, you know, the offensive line's getting older. The running game, Tony Pollard's not hurt. I mean, not not healthy. I think that there's excuses. Of course, Mike McCarthy might not be there, even though Jerry Jones said he probably will. There's excuses for Dak. Right outside of the, the defense, there's really no excuse for Kirk Cousins if they lose this game. So I think Kirk Cousins is probably. Un- 
in my opinion, under the most uh, pressure this weekend? I agree. You make a valid point, though. I mean, with Dak, I mean, there are a lot of other things you can look at and you blame. You can look at Kellen Moore Mm -hmm. um, with his questionable play calling. And he's under a lot of pressure as far as getting a head coaching job as well as Dan Quinn. I look at um, Mike McCarthy. I don't believe he will face any pressure. He's going to keep his job because as long as Jerry Jones loves you, until Jerry reaches a point where I've had enough, he's still going to be there. Kirk Cousins, other than Dak, I'd probably say Kirk Cousins because for all the reasons that you said, it's tailor-made for you. They've gotten you pieces. The defense is questionable, and I'm being generous when I say that. But I don't know, man. I, I, I mean, Kirk Cousins has got to get it done. He's got to get it done. The seat got to get it done. The underrated team I have, Seattle. Mm. I think Seattle is underrated. But Kirk Cousins is under the most pressure, if not anybody. And then after that, I go with Dak. Because I just think with Dak, man, you've been considered the best quarterback in your division for a long time now. And I think Jalen Hurts has taken that had it not been for injury Jalen Hurts probably would have won the MVP Mm -hmm. so you you alluded to it uh which was my next curveball was who's the most underrated or slept on team and you said Seattle uh, yeah I think I say Seattle because I just think to your point the defense early on they weren't playing particularly well but now they've gotten better I just think Gino is playing at a very high level i can't believe i'm actually saying that about gino Hmm. but i think this has been a rejuvenation for him and i just think with seattle the 12th man the fan base there look we agree we believe san francisco is going to win this game but Hmm. not by a blowout though yeah we do expect um sanford i mean look if the raiders can score some points against that 49 his defense I i would like to believe gino could score some points but i think gino as long as he plays this well, and I think Pete Carroll, as long as he continues doing what he's doing, I I think they are very underrated and then slept on. I do. I, I think a lot of the reasons that you say the, the Seahawks is why I'm going to say Jacksonville. Okay. And the fact that Jacksonville is peaking at the right time. Kind of like the Lions, which I'm kind of, it's kind of sucks that they weren't able to make the playoffs, but when you're peaking at the right time and you you have momentum going into the playoffs, it it's it's all the more better. And again, you're going you're, you're talking about a team that had Urban Myers and that fiasco last year to now a team that nobody really wants to play because they have they they're such a balanced team. Now it's not like an overly balanced team, but it's such a balanced team that they can beat. You. They can beat you in a slugout game. They can beat you in a high-scoring game. It's just, you know, Trevor Lawrence can't make a lot of mistakes or whatever. But the same exact way that you that you talked about the 49 or the Seahawks are the same way I talk about the Jaguars. Now, yes, we both have the Jaguars winning that game, but it's not I, – I think that there there's a good possibility that they're not just a one-and-done team. Now it depends on who they land next next round, but I wouldn't be surprised if they knocked off a I don't know a Chiefs or knocked off a Bills. Not saying that they I wouldn't pick them to, but I, if it happened, I wouldn't be like that. Like I w- I was more shocked 
at I was I was more shocked at and, and probably proud of Mike Tomlin going getting above five hundred than I was uh never had a losing record. <laughs> then I don't know I, how he does it. And and I know it's it's kind of hard to say like wait so you're saying the uh, uh division winner is an underdog but yeah I mean we know how bad the the AFC South has been in this year so yeah um oh lastly before you go where's Derek Carr going next year uh, either the Jets I wouldn't mind him in DC because I've just I, I've had enough of Carson Wentz I've. If you go on my YouTube videos, I've said it before, I never wanted Carson Wentz in the first place. I would much rather wanted Taylor Heineke or Sam Howell to start in that game against Cleveland. Mm-hmm. And then dumb Ron Rivera was clueless, but I don't want to get into that. That's a story for another day. But um, with Derek Carr, I feel sad for him because it seems like the Raiders did him dirty. Mm-hmm. And look, he may not be the best quarterback in the world, but hearing what Devontae Adams said about him, which was a huge reason why he came to the Raiders. And considering everything what Derek Carter has been through, you know, with John Gruden, um, Henry Ruggs, mm-hmm. um, who was the football player that had that gun issued? Was it Damon Arnett? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Damon Arnett. Their defense is just pitiful. And you got two Pro Bowl defensive ends in Crosby and Jones who can get you double-digit sacks. I would like to see him with the Jets because I think if you pair him with a good enough defense and they've got good enough weapons with Garrett mm-hmm. Wilson and Elijah Moore and Berrios, the Jets could actually make the playoffs. And they were close enough to make the playoffs. We saw more potential with Mike White and Flacco than Zach Wilson. Yeah. So imagine a competent quarterback like Carr playing for a team like the Jets and Washington because Washington actually had chances to make the playoffs as well, too. So those are the two scenarios I, I would like to see him play. I think I like the Jets. I like the Jets. Uh, Brees Hall coming back next year that, you know, Robert Sala. I didn't realize until he got let go pretty much. Uh, that is Derek Carr that he's never played with a defense above 25th or like ranked 25th, which is crazy. There's Never had that in his career. Never had in his career. I think... I want to see what the Colts do in the draft. If the Colts get TJ or CJ Stroud, then I don't see Derek Carr. But if if they go a different route, like if they might go, I don't know, defense or whatever, because we know Darius Leonard, who was previously Shaq Leonard, we know his kind of injury history at this point. Right. What are they going to, is DeForest Buckner going to come back? Like, we we don't know. I could see them doing that because, I mean, one of them Georgia boys might get it. But if they don't go with TJ or CJ Stroud, Stroud. I can see Derek Carr going to the Colts. Um, I think Colts are going to draft the quarterback this time because I think they've just had enough. I mean, look, we saw what happened last year with Carson Wentz. That -hmm. didn't work out. I mean, Phillip Rivers, it did work out because at least he was able to get you to the playoffs. Mm -hmm. So I think they want to look forward, build around with a young quarterback, I mean, Jeff Saturday, look, I like him. I just didn't think he was worthy of being the head coach because he had no coaching experience on the NFL, on the collegiate level. You just brought him there because relations. He's yeah. a beloved figure there. So you got to give him a competent to work with. I mean, Carl, I would like him in Indy to pair him up with Jonathan Taylor, to pair him up with that offensive line. But I think Indy is going to look forward to 
a, drafting the quarterback, especially if CJ Stroud is available. So again, I wanted to thank my man Parnell again. Uh, definitely, uh, I'll again put all his links to all his stuff in the description below. That was our breakdown of the wild card. And before I go. We've, I guess coaching is the theme of this episode. For <laughs> We talked about Sean Payton. I want to end this episode with a report that came out saying that Michigan wants to or doesn't want to move forward or wants to halt contract negotiations with Sean, Jim Harbaugh until the NCAA investigation comes out. The NCAA investigation, for people that don't know, Apparently, Jim Harbaugh may have uh, done talk to some recruits or something during the COVID period, which you're not supposed to do. That's a, a class one offense, which can lead up to maybe six, six or five or six games suspension or something like that. And I said coaching was the theme of this episode because, again, we talked about Sean Payton. I brought Par- Parnell in. We kind of talked about the, the, the Derek Carr situation. We kind of talked about Brandon Staley's situation as far as the, the, the pressure that Brandon Staley has on him, especially with Mike Williams not playing now. Let me uh, – <sighs> College football, you have to have realistic expectations. And you have to have realistic glasses when you look at something in college, some things in college football. People are very critical of Jim Harbaugh. But why is that? People are very, very critical of Jim Harbaugh because they understand how great of a coach Jim Harbaugh is. They may not want to admit it. But everywhere Jim Harbaugh has gone, whether it's Stanford, whether it's the 49ers, now Michigan, he has changed the program or he has changed the culture of the team. I'll be real with you. Colin Kaepernick wasn't that good of a quarterback. He was good, but he wasn't a great quarterback. I'm not taking away from what he stood for. I'm not taking away from the impact that he's made off the field or on the field taking the knee. and the, the I'm not taking away from that, but... Colin Kaepernick in when we talk about the history of quarterbacks, he's not the greatest quarterback. He doesn't have the greatest mechanics. But what Jim Harbaugh, Jim Harbaugh was able to take that team to the Super Bowl. Him, Peyton Willis on the defensive side of the ball, was able to take that team to the Super Bowl. And kind of spearheaded the powerhouse that is the 49ers. Now, yes, the 49ers had a history with with, you know, Steve Young and and Jerry Wright. I get that. But kind of like Michigan, there was a good long period where the 49ers were not good. And once Jim Harbaugh came, he changed the 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 face. He changed the perception. He changed the way that we looked at the 49ers. Do you remember how bad Michigan as a program was before Jim Harbaugh got there? The Brady Hoke era. Do you remember that? How bad of a team Michigan was? And now Michigan 
averages 10 wins a, a season. But, of course, you look at Jim Harbaugh and you think, well, did he beat Ohio State? Did he beat Ohio State? He beat Ohio State twice in a row now. I'm saying all this to say this. You don't play hardball. Huh, that's huh. no pun intended. You don't play hardball with greatness. What do I mean by that? Say this same investigation, the same investigation was on, I don't know, J- Nick Saban. You think Alabama be like, ah, I don't know if we should keep Nick. I don't know if we should keep Nick Saban. I don't know. I don't know if you want Nick Saban. We'll, we're not going to do anything until after the investigation. Hell no. In fact, I'm almost sure if Nick Saban would have a new contract tomorrow or yesterday if the NCAA was investigating Alabama. We just talked about Kirby Smart. And we talked about Georgia State or Georgia State. We talked about Georgia Bulldogs. Do you think if there was an NCAA investigation on Kirby Smart, you think to themselves, you know what? We're going to hold off on Kirby Smart. We don't know yet. We don't know. No. He would have signed his contract two weeks ago. You see, I know you're going to, you know what you're going to say. Well, Jalen, the difference between Kirby Smart, the difference between Mike, or the difference between Nick Saban, the difference between Jim Harbaugh is they, you know, they have national championships. Jim Harbaugh has a na- I mean, no, Kirby Smart has a national championship. Nick Saban has a national championship. Yeah. Georgia also is a different level. The SEC is a different level of recruit. Like, you, it's hard to recruit Michigan. Nobody wants to play in the cold. But even then, you still get players like Blake Corn. You still get players, and you still get to the college football playoffs. So I'll say all that to say this, man. Um, play with Jim Harbaugh if you want to. In fact, let Jim Harbaugh leave Michigan. Now, I don't think Michigan's going to just fall off a map. But... Give it a few years, and you'll see. Now, of course, if they if they hit a home run on a head coach, cool. But give it a few years, and you'll see the difference. And you don't believe me? <sighs> Look at Oregon. Look at Oregon. Look at Oregon with Chip Kelly, and look at Oregon after Chip Kelly. Look at Oregon with Chip Kelly. Look at Oregon without Chip Kelly. Don't believe me? Look at uh, look at Oklahoma this year without Lincoln Riley compared to with Lincoln Riley. Look at Clemson without Dabo Sweeney and with Dabo Sweeney. What I'm saying is this. Michigan... If you're going to, you're already competing with other people in keeping or in in this Jim Harbaugh sweepstakes. Play Harbaugh if you want to. And lose somebody like Jim Harbaugh and his influence on that program. And you'll understand. You'll understand. That's all I'll say on that. 
And there you have it, man. That's been today's episode of the Unpopular Podcast. Again, I appreciate Parnell, the face of the Sports PSP, for coming on. I appreciate all you guys for listening, all you guys for watching. It definitely means a lot to me. Uh, if you want an Unpopular Podcast shirt, hoodie, sweater, long sleeve, joggers, the link is in the description below. I have multiple different colors, multiple different designs. Get your Unpopular Podcast merch today. I'm sure it'll look great on you. The weather is still cold, so get your hoodies, get your sweaters, get your Unpopular Podcast merch today. Also, please subscribe to if you're listening. Please subscribe to if you're watching. It definitely means a lot to me. Tell a friend to tell a friend. I'm trying to grow the podcast, and I need your help. I can't do it alone. So I appreciate you guys. Uh, I hope you have a good weekend. I hope you have a great, you know, wild card weekend. And until next time, much love. Downstairs. I told your ass be ready. You always got excuses, and you know I be on top of things. Punctual my proper name. On the dot is not your aim. Although we in love, we are not the same. Uh, I hit you on that celly. You said you needed five, that was more than 12 ago. Claim you got your hands tied, time stuck like Velcro. Georgia Peach on east side like it's ATL. You lacking, you tripping, you slacking. Impatient, be waiting, confused like what happened. How you get attitude cause I'm getting mad. Cause you wanna take 20 minutes and a half. And on top of that, I gotta get gas out of freeway, pick up traffic. Tick, 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 tick. Waiting for that last minute for your goddamn hell. Now stop playing games, go and bring your ass downstairs. Come on, let's go.
something in the house.